Hi, I'm Tennille. And I'm Kelsey. And we're financial advisors from Allman Partners True Wealth, bringing you thought-provoking conversations around you, your money and your life on the Wealth Experience Podcast. Welcome to Wealth Experience Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some practical tips on how to teach your kids about money. So this is a really important one for our listeners and and, and for kids too, um, because there's definitely a lack of education in the schooling system around how to manage your money, which is astounding because it's one of the key drivers that determine what our long-term financial futures look like in terms of the ability to be able to effectively manage your money. Um, So hopefully in today's podcast, we can give a little bit of um, tips and tricks on how to help your children understand what's good information, what's bad information, um, and and how to do it um, in the most effective way. So um, Tanil, what do you think, uh, you know, what's what's some of the stats? What do we know of what that current situation looks like? Yeah, I always love to go with with some stats, Cal. So um, uh, ASIC actually released a study from 2020 I wanted to talk a little bit about that one. Uh, and this was all around the area of influences. So financial influences is what that, that means for us older generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually showed that 33% of 18 to 21 year olds, so those that have just met adulthood, are using social media to get information from influences about what to do with their money. Now, 64% of those actually acted on those tips. So that's a high conversion rate as well. Let's think about that. That's actually pretty scary yeah. because the content um, that's out there from influencers, there's no training there's no um what's the source of that information is it correct is it not is it it's not tailored to you um and it's becoming more and more of a a problem with things like tiktok and all of those sorts of areas and people look up to these people and think that that's really the truth what they're saying is what needs to be done yeah Um, so that's a really scary stat that's right well here's here's a worse one Uh, along that same train of thought three percent that's the number of those influencers that actually are paid for quali- that actually paid for qualified financial advice. So, yeah, when we look at it that way, the 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 qualified financial advice that was in there was so significantly low. Um, and that's not saying that all of it's bad. I'm sure that there's some some good information in there, but but the reliability factor um, is is hard to to stack up against when we when we're parents and and we've got children that we're looking after. How do we make sure that they have the right information to know, is this someone who's credible, like you're saying, that I, can, I should be listening to? That's right. And I think, um, you know, definitely the, the heat's coming down on some of the people that are probably not providing um, great tips to people. Um, but that's really hard to manage in a world where everybody can jump online and and do it. That's right. Um, so I think it's just really important to perhaps parents that, you know, your kids are out there and looking at these sorts of medias to just give them a bit of insight to go, you know, this person might not actually be giving you the right information. Mm, yeah. So. My son was talking to me the other day because um, there's a, a, a guy called Mr. Beast online and he was telling me how how rich he was. And um, it kind of did show me very quickly that there's a correlation. I, my, my son's a nine-year-old, so he's young. You know, there's a correlation between what they're seeing online and and money in a sense. And it's very important to know what that messaging is looking like for them because, um, yeah, it might it, it, that's one version of the world, right? It might not be the right one. That's right. Yep. 
Mr. Beast. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a new name for me. I must admit that I hadn't hadn't heard of him before, but he was um, yeah talking about his his wealth and where, where he made it from, and yeah, it's very interesting. But it just it just goes to show that there is so much out there on the internet that's available to to kids of all ages. Yeah, absolutely. So another reason why it's it's important to start early, but um, to know perhaps you want to give some insight into why. Yeah, yeah. Starting starting early is one of those those key things, right? Because I mean, if I've got time on my side, I should be better off. So if even if we just think about this way, if I compared just two people and what they had saved by the time they reached age 60, and we're taking that as an, as an age because it's the superannuation access age, um, and if I assumed that both people had the ability to earn a, a standard, you know, an earnings rate of 5% above inflation, um, and but one person started at 18 years of age and they just saved $100 a month over that sp- space of time. They are going to have around $600,000 uh, put aside if they just reinvest their earnings. But if I've got someone who's 40 years of age um, and they start saving at a higher level, so they're saving $300 a month rather than $100 a month, so three times as much, but they're starting you know, 22 years behind the eight ball, they will have only around $350,000. So what does that tell me? It tells me that if I've got an 18-year-old in that scenario, they can have almost $250,000 more by age 60 put aside just because time being on your side is going to give you a much higher uh, level of compounding over 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 the course of your investment, you know, lifetime. Um, if we think about that for kids, that's equally as important then because if I'm 18 years of age am I really going to just set out and put $100 a month aside to something that I'm not going to access for another 40 plus years uh, not unless I've had some disciplined education about it and a reason why that's right, right. and you might have start off with really small amounts and it could be like okay well it's going to be you do the chores or however people like to kind of manage the incentives in their household <laughs> um, maybe you'll get And if you do that once a week, you just put that $5 away. And I think over time, it'd be good to just sit down and talk them through, you know, this is how much you've been able to build up over this period of time. And this is what you've earned on that money and actually talk to them about it and get them understanding what this really means. That's right. That's right. We did We did a similar process. So if I bring it back to what we've done in our household and every household will be different this way, but here, you know, some of the things that, that can work is when the kids are really young, starting out with coins and bills makes sense, right? So introducing them to, to what it actually, what money actually is and what it looks like, um, how it's used. And, and I saw something interesting when I was looking for a um, birthday present for summer the other day with, for your daughter is in Kmart they've got these um, these play coins and bills which are Australian dollars and Australian notes and I thought that was just such a great way of introducing it even when kids are really little because you can you can play shop you know yeah. I'm sure that some would like to, to play shop <laughs> yeah absolutely she definitely would and she'd be buying all the cakes <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so just getting them used to what the money terms are actually like to start off with and then you can level that up and bring that bring in those real notes and real coins and kind of um maybe split up the the different 
ways of saving money for them. So mm. I think it gets them used to the it's that it's an exchange. Yeah. You're buying something and the value of things yeah. because you know by the time that our kids get to earning their own money perhaps they're not really going to be seeing the physical um, dollar bills that you use because everything's gone digital as we know. I'm not really using cash too much anymore. Um, but it's that understanding the exchange Absolutely. part from a really young age by doing it that way. Definitely right. Definitely. Um, and so you know having those little different sort of jars for it maybe have some money jars as well so uh, a money jar where you've got one that's spending and one that's saving so now introducing those really simple concepts of the money that I put aside in here I can I can spend this today you know I can go out when we go to the shops and I can buy buy an ice cream whatever it is that I want but this other jar I'm going to put some savings towards and and that's just simply showing them that if you're putting if you got a dollar today and I'm not going to buy a ice cream these days with a dollar but <laughs> we've got four dollars very good four dollars today <laughs> um and i'm gonna go buy an ice cream um but if i put aside my four dollars today and then i put aside my four dollars next week and i keep doing that that my savings is then going to show me that i can then go out and buy a barbie doll or a, a lego set or whatever it's going to be so just simple ways of showing them the spend versus save and you can just do that simply by putting a big word with spend on the front of the jar and a big word with save on the front of the jar and encouraging them that um if they're if they've got a goal so let's take it back to a goal now of taking you through the shops what's that one thing that i want to pull off the shelf today um but i, I can't i actually have to now put money in the savings jar to to reach that 25 dollars or whatever that toy is going to be worth absolutely it's a really good discipline lesson in doing it that way for sure so what about some of the older children and budgeting and saving and perhaps investing yeah yeah um there's there's lots in this in this area here um maybe i will touch on one other thing just with spending as well too though is um is helping out with with costs of living. So getting them to understand cost of living, I think is a really important one. Um, my, again, Leo's nine. So um, he's kind of right in that area at the moment of, of, of understanding where, where costs actually lie. So maybe getting them to help out with things like um, the household bills. So giving them some responsibility when they're in that transition phase of going, okay, it's your job now to know that the grocery budget is $300. And um, these are this is our grocery list. So we need to go through, you need to get all these things off the grocery list. Um, and then if there's leftovers, you can make some decisions of where that goes. And just seeing how that changes the dynamic of what it is they're asking for off the shelves too. There was actually a TV program I remember from when I lived in the UK where they um, would give the children yes. the weekly shopping budget. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yes. I don't know if it was the UK. But anyway, and they gave the children the weekly shopping budget and it was so surprising. Some kids did really well, but some kids would just come back with <laughs> crisps, chocolate, fizzy drinks <laughs> because they didn't really understand how to stretch the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think what, that's what, what it does. a great way to show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they're a bit older, you can give them, you can give them more, right? So now you're in charge of um, our family holiday. So in the September school holidays, we're going to go away, you know, up, up to Ellie Beach, wherever we're going to go to. Your job is now to select something for us um, with these dollars in the budget and so that they can kind of see what, what it means to have to put money aside, what it means to have to spend that money and how much it actually hurts to spend it on the things that they don't want immediately. So, yeah. And yeah. I'm sure they're quite like being part of that as well with, yeah, with the parents. Yeah, it gives them some real responsibility. Uh, yeah. Appreciate it perhaps a little more when it does come to fruition when they go on the holidays or they, you know, they have their 
treats that they have through that process. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that savings then, so then as the kids are getting older, let's translate that savings in the, in the spendings from cash cash funds then into into um, bank accounts, right? So now giving them access to um, to a bank account, and you know if you've got a if you've got a regular chore list, and you're giving them some pocket money, showing them how to operate a bank account, so they can see money going in. They can see even if it, even if you don't want to be earning interest on that because maybe you've you've got offset accounts or something like that yourself. Having an interest earning account for kids is always a great thing because it shows them that when they put money aside, they can earn more money on it. So just the yeah. basic concepts then of introducing them to to interest and how that works. Um, I was I was actually shocked because Leo's likes things now. <laughs> Wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> um, our podcast on delayed gratification, I'll be getting him to listen to when he's older. Um, but so he likes things now, right? Um, and I was shocked at how well he took to the concept of putting money in a savings account. I thought that, and the idea here was that if you want something special, so it's a, it, maybe it's a once a year thing at Christmas time or your birthday, whatever it's going to be, you want something big and special, um, at like a scooter or something like that, that you put aside money for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the first thing that would happen is he'd get to that point and want to spend all of it. But the absolute opposites happened in that he really has grasped the concept of my money's growing and I, I like to see it as a bigger number. And so now when he looks at his bank account, he's going – well, I, I don't want it. I don't want that scooter because I like that money there. And he still buys things out of it now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great way of getting them to do some, some forced discipline too, because it's not readily accessible. They have to, you know, you have to log in and show them what it looks like at, at points in time. And they have to think about their decisions before they do them. They can't just go out and, and buy it. They've got to think about it and talk to you about it and come to an agreement. Absolutely. I think that's a really fantastic tip. And um, perhaps for the kids that are a little bit older and they're thinking about, well, you know, it's t- I'm going to be driving soon. I might want to get a car. Um, perhaps there's some value in, in putting a little bit of money aside if they're working part-time or if they're doing jobs, chores, or however they're you know making some additional money. Um, but actually sitting down with them and going, how much do you want to spend? What's realistic here in terms of what's affordable? And then if how what's your time frame? And once you've got that time frame, to then understand, well, how much do I have to put aside Absolutely. consistently to make sure that I get to that number? Yeah, that's great. That goal setting piece that you're talking about is is the the critical next step for, for you know teenagers and um, before they're they're out in the real world and having to look after that themselves. Um, and in lieu of a goal. So you can do it in lieu of a goal too, right? So yep. if they if they don't if they don't have something in particular, um, even just getting them with the idea that if I'm earning some money now because I'm working at Macca's or wherever I'm working, um, put aside twenty to twenty five percent of my of my earnings just because you know yep. get that discipline of just because I should always have some money aside in case something happens in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even adults can struggle with this if you don't have a goal and the money's sitting there yeah. um, you know, we see it quite often people say well I just I've just spent it because it it was there so mm. you know we even struggle with that as adults so teaching that young is definitely yeah critical to understand that it doesn't have to be spent yeah and we spoke about on another podcast those tips about um what to do with your cash funds and the same it's again translating those same simple messages um to, to our kids and and showing them the difference between an at call account showing them the difference with an interest savings account and um, how to how to set up those different buckets um, because that's nothing that's nothing new but it's really helpful 
for them to know how to do that and, and to kind of go, I've set my discipline on my savings bucket, but my, my spending's bucket is mine. Yeah, that's right. And I think outside of us as parents being able to give them education, there's still lots of other mediums out there to know that people can lean on to get some additional information. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and a, probably a really good one because we've spoken a lot about the, the, the savings, the cash side of things. Inevitably what happens when... Um, kids finish high school and they turn age 18 and they've got access to financial institutions that are wanting to give them credit cards and all of that is all of a sudden their credit score um, is going to become an important factor for them into the future as well. So so teach them about credit scores, what adds to a credit score and what detracts from it. Um, and those are those simple things as well about paying bills on time, you know, making sure I can pay bills on time, making sure that if I do have to have borrowings for whatever reason that I, I'm disciplined with ma- making those repayments. And there are some great resources like Credit Savvy or those different types of ones that are institutions that are set up to show them on a regular basis what their credit score looks like. And, and it gives them the ability to, to know where they're sitting and to, to want to keep that score really nice and high um, for their financial future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, to know just on that point of credit cards, I'll actually share a story, a bit of a life experience that I had whilst I was at college. So college in England is when you're 16 to 18 years of age. And um, I remember vividly, I had a friend who... Um, she didn't really have a job. She used to pick up Saturday work here and there and she'd just moved into um, a place with another friend that they were sharing and, and trying to make their way in the world. Um, and the bank offered a credit card. Um, so, of course, I think, you know, she was in a situation, she thought, oh, yeah, that might be a good idea given the current situation, which it obviously was not. Um, but what that ended up doing is that the credit card was available. So she started spending and spending probably more than what she could afford. And this soon snowballed then into uh, to the point where she actually had to drop out of college to be able to fund the credit card debt and get a full-time job yeah. um, so that's how serious these things can be when the bank is offering credit cards and you the, the person receiving it doesn't truly understand the impact that this can have because you start off usually going oh well I'll just buy this one little thing on the credit card and then it just becomes habit Absolutely. And, and that snowball effect is really important. So I think when your kids do reach a certain age where this is possibility that the banks will be making these offers is to really keep in front of that, have the conversation and, and you know, give them an understanding of what that impact that could be. Absolutely right. Yeah. And it's probably not something you should be doing if you're you know, not in a full time job. But I just wanted to share that because it's, it's quite powerful, the impact that these sorts of things can have if you don't have that education. Yeah, thank you. Anything else to know that you've come across by way of apps? I know there's a couple out there. There's Piggybot and and Mint, those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. There's heaps of different apps. I think, um, and Money Smart has um, some different information available on it. I always think that Money Smart is a really great place to kind of start from because it's got some great all around information for, for on, on all different financial topics um, for for kids and for young adults. Um, but yeah, like you say, Piggybot that's kind of one that sets savings targets and tracks. Allowances. And again, this is not saying that these apps are the, are the right ones by any stretch of the imagination. It's just saying that there are different apps that do these kinds of things. Um, there, the Savings Brit talks about different um, savings, spending, investing, um, use, and you know, using fun activities to try and um, help them with that. Different ones that help um, about personal finances, budgeting, goal setting, anything that helps with those areas that we just spoke about, I think are really great apps. And then getting them to... Um, the right kinds of media content, I think, is yeah. the next thing. Yeah. yeah, because it's going to be there regardless. And it can be very useful 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so podcasts that are, uh, are done well, right, and are done by reputable resources are, are always helpful. So, um, you know, if they're if they're older and they're thinking about these kinds of things, there's things like TEDx Talks. Um, Nelson So does, and I think that's how I say his last name because I've only ever read it, it's Nelson S-O-H. Um, he has one on financial literacy and the social media generation. And I thought that that was just a really great listen. I really enjoyed that, that podcast, uh, sorry, that TEDx talk. Um, and then the next thing that I would say is just not fighting against that that idea of influencers, but actually encouraging kids to do research on who it is they're listening to. Um, so if they are a qualified financial advisor, they're going to be on the financial advisor register. If they're if they're not, um, showing them how they can look into their background um, to understand what qualifications they would have, if any, to be giving advice on on how to manage your money. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I think there's some really good um, points that we've spoke about in there and hopefully, again, our viewers have found it useful and you can come back to us and give us some feedback around what's worked for you off this and perhaps what hasn't worked or any input that you might have for anyone listening that they've found's worked really well with their children and teaching them about um, money. So thank you for joining us again and please don't forget to subscribe, like or share the podcast and we'll see you again next time. The opinions of the presenters are objectively ascertainable and are not intended to be financial product or personal advice. 